want to go for a walk in the woods. I don't know. Every time I see that, it's like, oh, I just want to go out and get in nature and, and do something fun. Um, well, let me add my Merry Christmas to all of you. Glad you guys are here. Glad you're worshiping with us. Uh, glad you're going to be joining us today. Hopefully you can get a chance to join us tomorrow. If you can't, have an amazing Christmas Eve with your family, with your friends. Um, we're going to celebrate, once again, the presence of God. We're going to celebrate the first gift of Christmas here in just a second. But before we do that, uh, let me pray and invite uh, the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. Jesus, thanks for today. Um, you're just awesome, God. Um, you're an amazing God. You're a loving God. You're a, a God that just continues to pour out on us, Lord. And I pray that over the next couple of minutes, you'd pour out once again, even as you did in our first service at 915, Lord Jesus, that you'd pour out again um, during this hour, Lord, and that we would hear, see, feel, taste, touch every part of who you are in this next couple of minutes, God. Open up our spirits to receive your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, um, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever had a leak in your roof? Anybody ever had a leak in your roof at your house or, yeah, a few of you? Um, it's an interesting experience, isn't it? Like um, when Corey and I were church planters in Ohio, we remodeled a 160-year-old Catholic church building. Very cool space, right? Um, had some beautiful stained glass windows. and other, They had sold a couple of them, so we didn't have the whole room wasn't all stained glass. But a couple of beautiful stained glass windows and stuff like that. But as we remodeled it and got the inside ready, right, we, we put in some, uh, you know, heating and air conditioning that didn't exist, um, you know, uh, put in down some new carpet, um, you know, got out the, got out some chairs, actually very similar to the ones you're sitting in right now, um, put in the sound system, did all that stuff. It, we could make it look really nice, but at the end of the day, it was a 160-year-old Catholic church building, so we had leaks in the roof. We had leaks in the roof on a very regular basis, so it was not uncommon to come in on a Sunday morning and see a bucket sitting there um, catching something from the roof. Now, in 2009, you know, Corey and I decided to come back to Illinois be a part of the vineyard, and we go to Champaign-Urbana, where one church may locations. For those of you who don't know that, our main campus being in Urbana, we go to Champaign-Urbana, and we're like, this is awesome. We have this brand new auditorium, hundreds of thousands of square feet. There's not going to be leaks in the roof. I got to tell you guys, that leak, that roof leaks worse than the 160-year-old Catholic church building. It is just awful. I mean, it's a flat roof, which makes it bad, right? And then we can never find the leak because the building is so big. Um, but the one thing we do really well is we disguise the leaks there. Um, sometimes you'll see them in the aisles during the week. But then on Sundays, there's a catwalk up above that you can't see. And the buckets are just sitting up there, for those of you that have ever been on tech team in Urbana. A leaky roof is a pain in the butt, right? Like, we don't like uh, the water coming in on our lives. But there's one thing that we all know about having a leaky roof, right? You got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for when the leak comes. Don't you? Well, if you're not ready for when the leak comes, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Thanks, Sam. You got to be ready for when the leak comes, right? When the water starts pouring from the roof, you're in trouble if you don't have some, something. In, now, no one jumped up to move that bucket but Sam. That says a lot about all No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got to put your bucket in the right place, don't you? Your bucket has to be ready for when the water starts coming. Your bucket has to be in the right place in order to receive the rain that's coming through your roof. Guys, over the last couple of weekends, we've been talking about the presence of God. We've been talking about the presence of God 
in us, the presence of God with us, the presence of God amongst us, the presence of God on our lives and in our lives, working through our lives. We've been talking about the presence of God. We've been talking about the grand story of the Bible and what does the presence of God mean, look like, act, how does it interact with you and with me on a daily basis? And the story of the presence of God really begins all the way back in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had this, by the way, total side note, but it's so funny. When Corey and I first became youth pastors in Ohio, um, they all called her Eve because they didn't know her name. And so we were Adam and Eve. Um, but do you remember that? Um, <laughs> all the little kids in our church called her Eve. But so we were Adam and Eve. But Adam and Eve had this amazing experience with God, right, with the presence of God. Every day they could interact with God. Every day they could have a conversation with God. It even says in one part that God is walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It gives the idea that they could go on a walk with God every day. They could have his presence near them, among them all the time. Doesn't that sound awesome? It just sounds so good to like experience the presence of God on that intimate basis. And then sin enters the world and that gets broken, gets shattered. And, and then suddenly God can't be amongst and in and on all of his people all the time. And so what does God do? He begins to kind of put his presence upon certain people at certain times. You know, there's, there's prophets and there's kings and certain people that perform miracles and, and do amazing things for the glory of God. And, and, he, and, he, and it goes okay with those people, but the people around them don't get affected, don't get changed. And then he says, okay, I'm going to put my presence on a certain people group, on the Israelites. And I'm going to have Moses lead them. My presence will be with them. And they did okay, but the problem was at some point it comes to self-effort because the Holy Spirit doesn't live in them. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't live in them. God's presence can come on them, but not in them. And so he begins to inspire the prophets. And the prophets begin to speak and say, there's a time coming. There's a time coming. When the presence of God won't just come on certain people at certain times, but the presence of God is going to come and live among my people and is going to dwell within my people and work through my people. And what we've been celebrating through this Christmas season is the fact that that starts with the birth of Jesus. We've been celebrating that starts with the birth of Jesus. It starts when Jesus comes to earth. That's the moment when God goes from, I can only come at certain places, certain times on certain people, to I am now going to be amongst my people and I'm going to start to come in my people all the time. I'm going to start to be around you all the time. My presence is going to be pouring out on you all the time. Now, that may sound okay. That might sound really, really good when we read the scriptures and when we maybe even come to church and you hear a sermon on it. But, Adam, I didn't feel the presence of God yesterday when we had our first Christmas and there were kids running around the house. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't feel the presence when I was making dinner for 20 people that were ungrateful for it. I, I didn't feel the presence when my boss was like, I know you're leaving for the holidays, but you got to get this done before you leave on Friday night. I didn't feel the presence when I was trying to get all my papers and my finals done before school was over here right at the end of the year. God, I didn't feel your presence. Was it really there? Was your presence really there? I know you say you're going to be on us, amongst us, in us. I know we've been preaching and teaching about it, but... I don't know if I really know that that's true in my life. Well, the Christmas story starts, guys, with the, the angels showing up to the shepherds and saying these, this phrase that is actually the key to understanding the idea that the presence of God is in us, amongst us, working through us. And he says this. I'm going to read it from two different translations from Luke chapter 2. From the NIV, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom 
his favor rest. Glory to God, the favor and the presence of God is on those whom I love. It's on you. But he goes on, uh, just, just to get something a little bit different from the New Living Translation. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. To those with whom God is pleased. If you hear nothing else from me this weekend, I want you to hear this phrase. God is not mad at you. You need to hear that phrase. God is not mad at you. God is not upset with you. God is not disappointed with you. God is not holding something back from you. There is nothing that can keep him from you. There is no barrier between you and him. That is the story of Christmas. That's the story of his presence on you, in you, among you, living through you. That is the story. God is pouring out his favor on you. God is pouring out his peace on you. God is pouring out his grace upon you. God is pouring out his truth on you. He's pouring out his righteousness on you. He's pouring out his love upon you. He's pouring out every good thing that he has, every good and perfect gift he is pouring out upon you right now in this room as I speak. Now, here's the thing that we maybe we miss. He's been pouring it out on you since Christmas, 2,000 years ago. And he's been pouring out on your life since the day you were born. God's favor, God's pleasure, God's righteousness, God's love, God's joy, God's peace has been pouring out on you since the day that you were born. The problem is not that the water's coming. The problem is your bucket's been in the wrong place. The problem is you weren't ready to receive what he was giving. The problem is... That you didn't position yourself in such a way to receive the favor, the blessing, the grace, the glory, the righteousness of God in your life. So what I want to do this weekend is this. I want to open up very familiar passages of scripture. The wise men and the shepherds, as told by our kids. I want to open up those, those passages of scripture. And I want you to look at them through a fresh lens. I want you to look at them through a, a completely different perspective than maybe what you've experienced before. I want to open these up to you and go, how do I get my bucket in the right place? How do I get my bucket in the right place to receive what God is already pouring out and not holding back from me, not holding back from my family, from my friends, from everyone who believes? So if you think about the story of the shepherds and the wise men, I'm going to start in Matthew 2. Um, if you think about the story of the shepherds and the wise men, what's intriguing to me the most about them is, guys, they've never experienced the presence of God. They've never had it. You and I actually live in this constant state where we can experience the presence of God every single day. They didn't have that. The voice of God had actually been silent over the people of Israel for hundreds of years. They had no chance to receive from him. Now, they may have gone to church or temple, right, and heard some of the stories of God, what he did through Moses, through the Israelites, through the prophets, through the kings, but they themselves had never actually experienced the presence of God. But it's intriguing to me that they do some things that you and I can do to position our bucket to receive the presence of God in our lives. So let's go to Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men or magi or kings, depending on what your translation says. Behold, these wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where who is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. This is amazing to me. Now, I, I walk my dogs every night. 
before I, I feed them and, and we go to bed. And I walk out, and we've got kind of a dead-end street, and so it's kind of dark over there. There's no street lights or anything. And I can walk out there, and I can pretty much, the last week or so has been really good. There's been no clouds. We've had no rain, no snow, right? So I've been able to look up, and man, I can see stars. So beautiful, so amazing as I walk my dogs at the end of the night. And I really enjoy it. And I look up as often as I feel like I've got a clear sky, I'll look up and, and appreciate the stars. Love nature. But here's the crazy thing. If one of them changed from night to night, I wouldn't notice it. Think about that. I wouldn't have a clue that a star had moved, it was in a different position or anything like that. Like that would make it. These guys were so paying attention that they noticed when a star was different. That's actually pretty amazing in and of itself. But when you think about this, is they knew that a king was coming. They knew that a king was foretold. They knew that the prophet's promises were going to come true. And they were paying attention so much to what God was doing that when a star changed, they got it. Some of us just need to pay attention. Some of us just need to pay attention to receive the blessing of God. We need to open up our hearts and our spirits and our minds and say, God, what are you doing? God, where are you moving? What are you doing in my life? Because my bet is we just miss it. My bet is that a lot of us just miss what God's doing in our lives. We're just not attuned to something has changed. See, here's the thing. We have a loving, amazing father. I try and be a good dad to my five kids, but we have the best father. We have a loving, amazing, the best father whose favor is resting on us, whose peace is coming to us, whose blessings are pouring out on our lives all the time. So he's constantly doing things. And some of us just need to pay attention a little bit more. Let me, let me describe to you, uh, if you grew up uh, like I did listening to Bill Cosby's stand-up, he used to say the same thing happens every night, the same thing happens every day in my life. The same thing happens every day in my life. And this is what happens. We get up in the morning, we have breakfast with the kids, and we tell them, okay, don't forget, tonight, when you get off work, guess what? We're going to go have a Christmas party with this group of people. We're having uh, the Perhys over for dinner tonight. We are going out to eat with grandma and grandpa. They get home from school. And we say, don't forget, we have this Christmas party to go to. We're going out to dinner with this group of people. Half an hour before dinner, don't forget, we're doing this. As soon as dinner time comes around, mom and dad, where are we eating tonight? What are we eating tonight? What are we doing tonight? Who are we going with? Why are we going with them? What? And then we've told them three times throughout the day. The same thing happens every day in my house. Some of you can relate to that. <laughs> Some of you are like, I forgot that my kids used to be like that. But guys, this is, some, some of us, this is our relationship with God. What are you doing, God? And he's like, I told you, I'll tell you again. He's so patient. He's so much more patient than I am. He's so patient. Some of us just need to open up our ears and attune, God, you're doing this, and then follow through with it. Oh, the star has changed. Maybe I should pay attention to that and follow it. In fact, that's what the Magi do, right? They follow the star, and they come to Jerusalem. Continuing on in Matthew 2. After listening to the king, this King Herod, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So they continued to follow the star. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. If you don't know what that looks like, it looks like, oh, this is amazing, God. Rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Like joy in and of itself is loud, but they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down. They worshiped. They adored God. They, they said, Jesus, it's amazing. It's the king. 
Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country. Oh, I love this story. This is an amazing story. Uh, think about it. They are probably the only people in the history of mankind. I've never heard any other story where God used a star to lead somebody somewhere. They're the only guys. They've never heard the voice of God. They've never experienced the presence of God. They've never interacted with God on any level. They, they couldn't. The Holy Spirit wasn't coming into their lives. And yet... When they saw the star, when they noticed that God was doing something, they paid attention enough to notice God was doing something, they followed it to its conclusion. They followed it to its conclusion. They followed what God was doing. After they paid attention, they began to follow. And as they followed, every step along the way, they worshiped. When they saw that the star had stopped, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, praising God, anointing God with praise. They were like, yes, this is so good, so amazing. They worshiped. When they saw the baby Jesus and his mother, when they saw the truth that the king had come, they fell on their faces and they adored him and they worshipped. When they came into the family room there in the house and they, they were before the king, they gave what they had. They said, uh, they offered their gold, their frankincense and their myrrh. We don't have to get into the, like, the spiritual significance of all those things, but just know they gave what they had. They worshipped. They worshiped, they worshiped, they rejoiced, they adored, they gave, they worshiped, they worshiped, they worshiped. You know what's amazing to me about this, guys, is this, is that they never heard the voice of God until after all that happened. Some of us are waiting for the burning bush of God to come and tell us what to do. And God's like, stop that. Pay attention to what I'm doing, and as you go, worship me, and then I will speak to you. Then I will speak to you. That's how you position your bucket to receive my favor. Trust me in faith that I am moving and doing things, and go where I'm going, and worship as you go, and then I will speak to you. Man, guys, I, I, I realized that the other day as I was prepping for this message, that in 2019, I will officially be a believer in Jesus for 25 years, because it was the summer of 1994, which that's 25 years ago now, like let that sink into your brain. Um, but in summer of 1994, um, I, uh, I, I gave my life to Jesus. And as I, as I began to like realize that, I was like, okay, I've been a believer for 25 years. And I can tell you guys this over and over again, God speaks more to me in times of worship than at any other time. Not before I worship, during the worship, during the act of faith of giving in my praise, my adoration, my gifts. And the voice of God speaks clearly and loudly. It makes room and space for God to talk into your life. It gives room and space for God to do something in you that you hadn't had a chance to experience before. It gives you a chance to pay attention to what Holy Spirit's saying and doing. One of the most powerful times of this for me, Corey and I were uh, youth pastors, and in 2002, we were um, at a conference for about 3,000 junior high students. Amazing experience, by the way. About 3,000 junior high students in northern Kentucky. And I remember the worship service had started. I'm just, you know, doing my thing. One eye on the, the, the screen and one eye on, you know, the teenagers we brought with us because they weren't doing anything bad, right? And so... Um, so I'm, I'm a youth pastor. That's what, that's what we do. Um, and so we're worshiping, right? And in the middle of it, I hear the Lord say, get up and start walking around. Okay. It's a junior high conference. Nobody will even notice. Junior highers are crazy. In fact, when they worshiped, like they, they, they were going all out. It was awesome. So I began to just wander around. And the Lord's like, bless some people. Okay. Bless her, Lord. Bless her, Lord. God, heal him up. Give him favor, Lord. Bless him. 
blessing God. That's all I'm doing. I'm just walking around the room. Bless them, God. Give her dreams, God. Give her visions, God. Bless them, God. Give, give their family favor, Lord. Bless them, Lord. I'm just wandering around, doing my thing. In the middle of it, God's like, just keep doing that. Keep blessing. Keep praying for healing. Keep praying for restoration. Keep praying for these kids. Pray over their lives. Give them destiny. I, I didn't talk to any of them. Hey, brother. I didn't talk to any of them like I'm doing even right now. I just, I just touched them on the shoulder. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Fill their hearts with good things. Give them a great Christmas, God. I just did that. What did I do? I heard, his, I heard God tell me to do something, and I went. I started to work, and as I worshiped, I, I blessed and did what he told me to do. You know what's amazing, and I won't get into what he called me into in that moment, but in that moment of me wandering around this auditorium, leaving my kids there and hoping they weren't causing trouble, right? Um, as, we did, as I did that, I received one of the strongest calls in my life that I ever received in my entire life. God gave me some words in the midst of me wandering around this auditorium. God gave me some words that changed forever the direction and the course of what I was going to do with my life. And I remember falling down in the middle of that. I couldn't go around and bless anymore. I remember falling down on my knees and weeping and going, God, thank you for giving this to me. He didn't give it to me because I sat in my seat. He didn't give it to me when I was in a worship service. He gave it to me because I was obedient and followed. He gave it to me because I worshiped as I followed. See, worship gives a, a chance for the Holy Spirit's voice to land in your life in a way that almost nothing else does. Almost nothing else does. And I, I got to tell you guys this, that those two things will lead to God's voice in your life. Paying attention to what he's doing. Worshiping God. And then his voice begins to come. Let's continue with the Christmas story. I want you to learn one more thing. Jumping over the shepherds, the, the angels have just gone back into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Guys, the shepherd story teaches us, respond quickly. Respond quickly when God finally speaks. When God finally speaks, don't wait. Respond quickly to what he says. Take hold of the opportunity as quickly as you possibly can. In fact, in this year, um, in 2018, one of the things that this is one of the conversations that God and I have been having is, is I need to respond quicker to some things. Sometimes I do wait. I'm just being patient. Eh, it's an excuse. Stop it. Respond quickly to what Jesus wants to do with you. It's one of the things that I've been working on with God and having conversations with God about. Um, and I got to tell you guys this. This is one of the areas that I fail over and over and over again. I fail at responding quickly on a regular basis. Now, before I tell you a story, I want this, this is super important. When we fail to respond quickly, don't ever take condemnation on your life. A little side note here. Don't take condemnation on your life. God's always speaking. Remember, he's constantly pouring out. Get your bucket in the place, and the next time, respond quickly. Don't worry about the first time. He's not holding it over your head. Oh, no, you missed it. Don't worry. God's still doing stuff. He'll get you the next day. In fact, um, that's kind of what happened to me recently. Um, we were at this Aldi right over here. And I remember there was a woman, uh, kind of an older woman, maybe in her, in her late 50s, uh, had, a, had a, um, a nice sweater on, nice looking outfit, and she had a boot on her leg. And as I'm going by her with the cart, the God's like, go pray for her. And I'm like, okay, good. And I've got Corey and I have the twins with us. This is an adventure. 
So um, we, have, we have twins with us in the grocery store, and I, I'm kind of going this way, and I, I can see her, and I'm like, okay, I got, I got my eye on her. And one of the twins has to go to the bathroom, which means everybody goes to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, great, kind of got my eye on her. In the moment of Corey and the girls going to the bathroom, I'm like, this is awesome. I got time to go pray for her. I turn around, she's gone. And for like the 10 minutes that Corey and the girls are gone, I'm up and down the aisles at Aldi. Where's that woman? Where's that woman? I know she's not moving fast, right? And I look for her everywhere, and I missed it. I did. I missed it. I could never find her. She wasn't in the aisle. I don't know what. She grabbed one thing and ran out the door, hopped out really, whatever she did. I missed it. I missed the chance to pray for healing for her leg. Guys, don't take that as condemnation. Don't take that as a terrible story. Take that as God will give me another opportunity to pray for somebody. But don't miss it. Do it right away. Send the kids with mom and don't keep your eye off the girl, right? Like, go do what you're supposed to do. Like, God, God is calling us to respond quickly to the things that he's asking us to do. So I believe this with all my life, with all my heart, with everything that's within me, that God is sitting there doing this over your life. He wants to pour his favor, his blessing, his presence into your life. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to. He wants to cover the whole earth with his glory, and he wants to use you. He believes you're a fit dwelling place for the kingdom of God. He believes you're a fit dwelling place for the presence of God to be filled up and to go out and pour it out over somebody else's life. He believes that with all that he has within him. And I believe that with all that's within me, that that's what God wants to do through us. Now, here's the thing. We have to cultivate relationship in order for God and us to be in the same place and going in the same direction. Corey and I have been together for 22 years. 22 years. We still go on date nights. We still like to take a trip, maybe to Chicago or, or to someplace else once a year. We don't do it because we just want time away from our children. We do it because we believe in cultivating the friendship, the relationship between the two of us. And for each and every one of us to cultivate and nurture the friendship between us and our Heavenly Father, we need to pay attention. We need to worship. And we need to respond quickly when he calls us to do something. Now, here's the interesting part. All of you are going to do that a little bit differently. All of you are going to pay attention and begin to walk through this process a little bit differently. Because I know this, that in this room every single weekend, there are four different kinds of people. There are four different kinds of people that come here every single Sunday. The first is there are people that are in this room that may not be followers of Jesus. That may not be part of your life. It may not be what you're doing on a daily basis. And we just say, thanks for being here. We're so glad you're here. We're glad you're here being amongst the family of God and worshiping with us. But you're going to respond differently than I will to what God is doing. And so if you're not a believer, you're not a follower of Jesus, or maybe you just haven't followed him in a really long time, your journey starts like this. Wake up in the morning and go, God, I don't know if you're real. Show me something. <laughs> Show me something. God, I, I don't know if you're real, but if you want to tell me something, I'm giving you permission. God, I don't know if you're real, but if you are, maybe send a Christian into my life to teach me something new. That, that's you beginning to pay attention if you're not really a, a regular follower of Jesus. If you're a recent follower of Jesus, this is category number two, if you're a recent follower of Jesus, your life might look like this. There are times in your day when all of a sudden you go, man, Jesus is amazing. And you've got like that heart and fire and passion that suddenly burns up in you. Like if that's you and you've like become a follower of Jesus in the last year or two, like let that out every chance you get. God, that is actually God 
giving you something. And if that passion suddenly goes, yes, and wells up within you, that's the moment when he wants to work through you. That's when you should start worshiping. That's when you should start sharing your story. That's when you should start praying for somebody. For others of you, and this might even be the bulk of the people in this room, you are what I call veteran Christians. You know, we got veteran football players out there on the, you know, the Bears and Packers this weekend, but, but veteran, veteran uh, Christians. You've been doing this for a while. You, you knew it was the right thing to come to church on Sunday morning. You know, maybe you, you, you enjoy worship, maybe you don't. Um, but you need to give space in your life for God to do something. You need to give space in your life for God to speak into you. You need to give space in your life for him to speak to you so he can work through you. And that, that, would, that would encourage you to do this. I would encourage you to begin practicing what I call the spiritual rhythms. That means don't just worship on Sunday, but maybe on Wednesday morning you get a CD out. If you still have CDs, you may just do iTunes like I do. Um, you, get, you get out some worship music and you worship for an hour. Or if you've got a, a musical instrument that you like to play, you play that for a while and just worship God. Maybe it's opening up the Bible app every single day and reading a verse or reading a chapter, right? Like, and giving God space to speak into your life. Maybe it's going to small group. It's developing rhythms in your life. You're a veteran Christian in the room. You need to develop rhythms in your life to give God a space to speak. If you're not practicing those rhythms, you're not giving God an opportunity to talk into your life, why would you notice what he's doing? And then there's a fourth group. I would consider myself a part of this group. And that's those of us that are what I would call grandparents in the faith. Grandparents in the faith. Doesn't mean you're, you're physically maybe old enough to be a grandparent, but a grandparent in the faith is somebody that you've, Man, you've, you've followed Jesus with your life. You've got some passion that's been poured into your life in your early years of faith, and it just keeps going. And it keeps going because you've been doing the spiritual rhythms for a long time, reading your Bible every day, coming to church on Sundays. Maybe you've got a group of people that you do Bible study or you're in a small group with. You, you, you've kind of gone along, and even at that point, you're like, maybe even you're feeling stagnant this morning. I feel like this is a word for some of you. The number one thing you need to do is start pouring into other people. You've experienced the presence of God. You've seen the presence of God. You've heard his voice. And if you're not hearing it now, it's because you're not giving it away. You've kept all of the water to yourself. And if that's you, in order to begin to pay attention to your life, you will experience it the most when you start doing I know that sounds crazy, but you will, when you start grabbing a young man or a young woman, discipling them, when you start leading a small group instead of going to small group, when you start praying for people on ministry line at the end of service instead of coming up every week for prayer, when you start doing that, you'll find God starts speaking a whole lot more into your life. And you won't feel so stale. All right, let's listen to how the Christmas story ends. This is so good. When they saw it, when they saw the baby, they made known the saying that had been told about them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Mary treasured it up in her heart, and the shepherds went away praising God. But keep it on that wonder one for a second. I love that phrase. Go back one slide. All who heard it wondered. All who heard the story of the baby Jesus, all who heard the story of the star, all who heard the story of the wise men coming, all who heard the story of the shepherds having an angel appear to them, all who heard the story of what God had done and that the king had come, they wondered. 
None of them were there. Every person who wondered wasn't there. Gosh, I love that idea. I love that idea. That when we share our stories, people will wonder as well. When we take the things that God has done in our lives, when we've paid attention so much that we see him moving, and we worship so much that we hear him talking, and we partner with him so much that we go and do it quickly, that the people around us will begin to wonder because we begin to tell them. You know, my life used to look like this. I was a drug addict. I was depressed. I was, um, you know, addicted to pornography. I was addicted to this. I, whatever, I was frustrated. I was greedy. I was angry. Whatever you were, God took that, turned it upside down, and now he's made me into this weird person who loves Jesus and loves people around me. When people begin to hear that story about whatever's happened in your life, they'll begin to wonder about your king. Maybe you're like, I don't have this great story where I once was terrible and now I was good. People will begin to wonder about you if you can say, you know what? My parents raised me in the church and they taught me the truth from the time I was a very young man or a very young woman. And I've lived this amazing life and God's always been with me. He's always been talking to me. They will wonder. When you begin to tell the story of, I prayed for this man or this woman or this child and they were healed, they'll begin to wonder. I prayed for, we've had this happen in the last, last year and a half in our church. We prayed for people that couldn't have kids, and now they can have kids and didn't take any medicine or fertility drugs or anything. God just healed them. People will begin to wonder. Guys, I would love it, love it, love it so much if out of a, as a body of believers that we could say this, that we paid attention and we've responded and we've worshiped to everything that God has done in such a way that when we go and tell our stories in the community around us, people will begin to wonder. People will begin to wonder, why did you throw that giant bucket of water all over me? What was that? What was that? What is that story? I don't understand. When we don't keep it to ourselves and we begin to tell everyone, the entire, I love that idea. Think about it. All of Bethlehem begins to wonder. All of Bloomington begins to wonder, what's going on at this inn? All of normal begins to wonder, what is with those people? They love me without condition. They pray for me when I've got problems. All of McLean County will begin to wonder, why is it that whenever I have something going on in my life, I always seem to go and the person I tell all my problems to is the guy I work with from the, that goes to the vineyard. And then they give me encouragement and grace and go, God loves you, God sees your pain. God will lead you. Wouldn't it be great if our cities began to wonder what was going on because we told our stories so much? Would you stand with me? I'm gonna close this in prayer. Jesus. I wonder at your goodness. <laughs> I wonder at your favor, your blessing, your awesome heart for each and every one of us. God, I wonder at you. God, may we be so free with what you've given us, so free with the blessing you poured out on us that people begin to wonder around us. God, I pray that as we enter into a time of singing, Lord Jesus, and in worship, that you would meet us here. God, we right now give you permission to speak to us. We right now say we're paying attention with our whole being, with our whole heart, with our whole mind. We're paying attention. God, with everything that we have, we're paying attention. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear your wisdom. 
We want to hear about your grace. We want to hear about your righteousness. We want to hear about your truth. We want to wonder so we can tell the whole world and the whole world can wonder. Jesus, we make space for you right now. Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name.